Hello and welcome to the Creative Hub episode two. And we've got a very special guest with us today. We've got George Cooper. Say hello, George. What's going on? I like that <laughs> intro. That was cute. I liked it. Um, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, man. Well, me and George go way back. So we went to college together. We went to university together. We've done everything together. <laughs> Pretty much. But lots of things have happened in George's life, George's career, which we'll get on to. But first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. So where did it all start? So obviously... Where did the passion for media start? Because obviously, as I said, we went to college together. We did media production. Where did all that start, first and foremost? Going way back. Um, it's quite a weird, I guess it's quite a weird path, actually. I kind of got into doing what I'm doing through watching and playing Call of Duty and getting to a point where I was wanting to make my own videos on YouTube. At first, it was just like messing around with friends and recording clips and then obviously once I recorded these clips, I had to figure out a way of stitching them together. So mm. then I had to dive into editing. Um, and then from there, it kind of like spiraled. Obviously you learn certain editing techniques and you want to get better and you watch other videos and you kind of just went in this rabbit hole, essentially where it mm. spiraled. I was pretty young then as well. I was probably like 13, 12 when I started doing it. Right. Um, and then I got to, about 15 when I was in school and thought, oh, I wonder if I could do this moving forward as a job. And then that's when I went to college and decided to do media production and mm. obviously where we met as well. So when when did you get that passion then? Was that in school? Yeah, I would say so. It was weird because I guess at the time I didn't really realise it was a passion, but I was coming home from school every single day, turning on my Xbox and playing Call of Duty, recording it, and then staying up late to edit it, going to school the next day getting home and doing the same thing over and over again. So I guess, I mean, that's literally the definition of a passion, isn't it? But at the time, I, I obviously wasn't deep in it that much. I just thought, oh, it's cool. I want to play COD with my friends and record it. Didn't think, oh, I wonder if this could be a career path for me in the future. I was just doing it because it was fun. Mm. Um, but it really, it, it got me kind of in quite deep into that world of right. understanding video editing from a pretty early age. I don't think at the time I appreciated that. Where did that transition come in then from video editing to drone video and photography because obviously i think your main thing is is drone videography and photography obviously you also work for lad bible so but you do your video editor for that and you do filming and all that sort of stuff but i would say your passion is the drone stuff. yeah yeah ma mainly to be fair i mean it's kind of a quite a long gap in between the two things so i started college at what 16 years old and then I'd never really used cameras before. I was recording on my Xbox, just using software. So to go down that route where you've got to pick up something a bit more physical and try and learn that was was weird. I guess I was trying to just figure out a way of transitioning naturally to do something that I wanted to do. Mm. So yeah, I did that at college for a bit, went to uni and then kind of doubled in everything. Obviously did the same course. Um, <laughs> and yeah, doubled in everything. It wasn't really till finished uni that I kind of, got into drone stuff and and more travel photography and videos like that i think it was kind of just because i was too young at the time right was a bit scared to go anywhere other than like lanzarote with a couple of friends or a safe holiday somewhere <laughs> with my mom and dad like i would never push the boat out and go somewhere that 
exciting. Yeah. I mean, like even Iceland, for example, I would have never thought I would go to Iceland because yeah. it just seemed a bit daunting to try and go out, go there and organize it all myself. So I never really thought I would do something like that. And it kind of, that kind of came after uni. It was about 21, 22. Right. Um, and I guess it was more combining the passion of travel with photography and videography with drones and cameras just naturally I was able to segue into that world I guess was there like one person that you looked at and thought yeah I absolutely love what they're doing that was like the driver of a, of the passion like was there someone who you saw before that was like oh my god that's amazing they're traveling everywhere they look like they're having such a good time they're doing all this amazing stuff was there that person there yeah, I, it's a bit cliche, really. I feel anyone in the same sort of space would have the same answers. Sam Calder, right? he was just kind of doing these really cinematic travel videos where he was doing cool things in cool places, made it all look amazing, and they were like four minutes, five minutes long, or have really cool transitions on and stuff like that. Was, was that YouTube or was yeah, that Yeah, on like, YouTube mainly. That wasn't like Instagram? Or, Not really. It wasn't, wasn't really as big at the time, right. not for video stuff. It was more just photos on there. Right. Um, so yeah, these YouTube travel videos, he was kind of the king of them essentially mm. at the time. Um, and that kind of encouraged me to go, oh, I wonder if I can make something as cool as that. Obviously can't. <laughs> Some of the stuff I did early on was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that first thing then, what was your like first trip away? So like you, you know, the where you're going out of your comfort zone, it's not necessarily... You know, I'm just going to go to Lanzarote and I'm going to take my drone. That first trip where you think I'm really pushing the boat out here and let's just see how it goes. Uh, probably what? the first the first one wasn't even that cool. Um, me and my girlfriend, Beth, went to somewhere in Spain. I can't even remember where it was, man. And I rem- we hired a car and we did it through the hotel. It wasn't even that adventurous. But I just remembered, oh my God, we're getting a rental car to drive around. Go anywhere we want. I have to get on a bus where someone says, yeah, you stop here, get off for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we can stay there for an hour if we wanted to. Oh, we don't have to stop anywhere at all. That was probably the first time that I had that freedom, I guess, mm. on holiday to do whatever you want. And just thought it was really cool. We only had a car for a day. So that's what I mean. It wasn't that <laughs> adventurous. But we took it all around. I think it was somewhere on the south of Spain. We took it all around the coast and then brought it back in kind of a loop. Mm. Um yeah, just had it for the entire day and obviously thought, oh, that was cool. I should do that again. So that was probably the first one. Not really that exciting. Mm. And I think after that, the first big one was Iceland. Which again, it's kind of a bit cliche. Everyone seems to go there. But mm. there's a reason though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's awesome. So yeah, just going there and, and doing the entire trip in a car, driving around. We drove around the entire island, uh, me and one of my mates. And that was really cool. That was probably the first big trip where... We just had kind of complete independence, essentially. How often do you try and go? Like, how often do you think, do you get like a, a one-month itch and you're like, right, I need to get somewhere now, I need to go, because you're doing it all the time. <laughs> it does feel a bit like that, to be honest. It, I would probably say every month I'm like, oh, where next, where next? Yeah. That's why it's tough over winter, because, I don't know, either you've run out of money or run out of annual leave, mm. usually the main thing for me. So I'm trying to figure out how to go away over a long weekend. Yeah. And, Obviously, you've not got much daylight, especially in the places in the more northern parts of the world at that time of year. So it's kind of a struggle at that. So I try and cram loads in in the middle of the year as much as I can. But well, if anyone goes on to find George's page after this, we'll put a link in the description below. Like all the stuff that you see on there is on the side of a full-time job as well. 
So it's not like you're doing it constantly. I mean, I'm talking those like videos every day, maybe every couple of days that go out. So yeah, go and have a look on them. But so tell us about your process then. So going back to the more the technical side of things, what's your process? So tell us about the kit that you've got. And one thing that I quite like about like your way of doing things is you don't the w- the way you go and stay somewhere. And we've actually talked about this, and I think that you should maybe look at doing this, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, is you plan trips that are not, will stay in a Premier Inn, will stay in in wherever. You find some of the craziest places that are probably cheaper than some of the crazy places on Airbnb, but they always turn out amazing. Like you stay in like crazy bunkers and things and you stay in like villas that are like 50 euros a night yeah. and stuff like tell us a little bit more about that process and like the equipment that you've sort of picked up over time so equipment wise it's pretty slim i don't really have that much and that helps because a lot of the stuff that i'm doing is usually quite active so it'll be hiking somewhere mm. walking somewhere for long periods of time or i've just got to carry my bag and it gets heavy otherwise obviously you know what it's like mm. lenses get heavier and heavier so I've got a 70 to 200 lens. I've got a 35 mil prime lens and I've got a 10 to 18 wide angle lens. Right. Only got those three lenses. And then I've got a small APS-C camera. So it's not even a full frame camera. Right. I just had it for about six years and it's not failed me. So I'm just thinking, well, why change, why, why change it? Yeah. When it breaks, I'll probably upgrade. But There's no need now. Yeah. yeah. And then I have a DJI Air 2S drone as well, which is like my favorite bit of kit. But you've actually done, you've done some work with DJI, haven't you? Yeah, so yeah. Like so they sent me the Mini 3 when it came out uh, back end of last year. Yeah, so DJI sent me the Mini 3 at the back end of last year to do some work with that. More promotional stuff, which mm. will make sense, I guess, Later when on. we get more into the episode, Yeah. to kind of promote the drone and the capabilities of it. So I've got that now as like a secondary drone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Air 2S is my main bit of kit. And it's sick. It's just so much better to... I mean, you'll know what it's like. You're on the ground and you can obviously see things from your perspective and you send the drone up and it just looks like a different world. Yeah. Even just going 20 meters up from where you are mm. will make the shot look so unique mm. and you don't have that otherwise. So sort of going back to the process then, so obviously that's your equipment. How do you make your videos and images look the way they do? What what sort of, as in like equipment do you use in, do you use, is it Lightroom? Yeah, so all my photos are edited in Lightroom, Lightroom Classic. I just don't use the CC one, I think. Right. So, yeah, all, all my photos are edited in Lightroom and videos use Premiere, so just use Adobe for yeah. everything, basically. So that goes in nicely into the reel. <laughs> so, obviously, you've been doing this for a long time and then that reel hit. So I think it's safe to say it's in the top 10 yeah. in the world. For views, yeah. For views on Instagram? Of all time, yeah. What is it on now? It's on 170 million views now. Yeah, (laughs) crazy, crazy number. Right. Tell us about that feeling. Like, because also, what was the process? So you obviously had a plan to make it go viral. So what was it? Well, not really, no. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I did. (laughs) So, I'm sorry, I stumped you in there (laughs) because there's there's no plan. But I'll I'll explain why I said that later. Just for a little bit of context, the reel that we're talking about is from when you went to Norway. Yeah, yeah. And it was when the sun wasn't set? That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's essentially, there's 
24-7 constant daylight in the sense that the sun, the lowest point it gets to is just above the horizon and then it stays up all the time. So I made this reel titled The the Land Where the Sun Doesn't Set and it just went crazy viral. <laughs> I think a lot of it was down to the fact that people just couldn't comprehend that there was somewhere on earth where that actually happens. Like I I thought that it was quite a well-known thing. Mm obviously done a lot of research before I went to Norway itself and experienced it for myself. So it didn't really feel as special after, yeah. but obviously the people who resonated with it just thought, what, this is a thing. And I think that's what helped. I think what it is, is once is that little influx of like likes and stuff, Instagram's analytics as well, an algorithm will just send it to so many people. Yeah. And I mean, if you haven't seen the real, which I'm sure you will have because obviously it's in the top 10 in the world, but I mean, visually, it looks amazing as well. Like, did you plan them shots or did you just shoot? Not uh, really, no. So when we were on this trip, so yeah, we went to Lofoten in Norway, which is like right at the top of Norway. And we went there for about a week and a half, essentially about 10 days, I think. And we adjusted our sleeping schedule whilst we were there. So we slept, I can't remember what it was now. It was something, it sounds so stupid. We slept like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. That was our bedtime routine. And then we would get up at 4 p.m., we would have breakfast, be out of the house by about 7, 8 p.m. Mm. And then we would have kind of all night where the sun wouldn't go down. So we had the best light for photos and videos mm. if it was a nice day anyway. We had the best light for about eight hours because the sun would go so low to the horizon and it would kind of just stay there and go along the horizon. Mm. So over that time, the, you just had golden hour conditions for six, seven hours. So it, it looked amazing. And then as the sun was coming back up and it got to the point where it was just looked like normal daytime, we were like, right, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I naturally had all this footage from when we'd just been exploring at mm. 10 o'clock at night, one in the morning, three in the morning. And I just kind of thought oh, I can put it together in a structured way, mm. starting from 10 p.m. at night and going all the way till 5 a.m. I think that was the times I used 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. and just showing off the footage that I got those particular times so before this reel then you was on four thousand yeah about four thousand followers but bearing in mind you have been doing this for a long time as well yeah and then what are you on now two hundred and seventy thousand now yeah <laughs> i mean that's mad to say and what was it because you didn't even know and i was like oh michael b jordan has liked your reel yeah and you was like what oh and declan rice as well and i'm really interested in to find who has liked your reel that you don't know because the only reason you knew is because I followed them on Instagram and you was like, well, oh, that's mad. There's got to be something, but... There'll be loads of people, presumably, that I guess if someone else goes and looks at who's liked it, there'll be some celebrity that they follow yeah. that, like, that we won't follow. And it'll say, oh, also liked by God. someone else. So let me kind of walk you through what happened. I posted the video and I, I just, I've been posting reels and photos consistently for about, well, I mean, I've been posting nonstop for like, six seven years but specifically the the two weeks leading up to that i've been posting kind of every day or every other day like i was mm. being really on it because i was making a point to just kind of get this content that i knew that i'd taken mm. get it out on social media i was like what's the point in it just sitting on my hard drive yeah so i posted it and i remember in 10 minutes it had a thousand likes and bear in mind before that the most liked post i ever had like of all time was about 750 likes. So in 10 minutes, this video had beaten the amount of likes that anything I'd ever posted I got. So I was obviously mm. freaking out. I was like, 
what is going on? How is how have I got so many likes in this amount of time? And Did you get any sleep on that day? So that was in the morning. <laughs> oh, right. So that was, but then later on, no. <laughs> um, so that was in the morning. That was at like 10 a.m. I think I posted it. And uh, me and my girlfriend were going out on a bike ride um, that we'd already planned. So we post, I posted this reel. And then obviously I was on the bike and I was like, oh, let me just pull over <laughs> and check my phone and get checking it. And then it like kind of died down a bit. I think it got, I mean, it sounds like a, nothing. Yeah, I think it got like 3,000 likes in like an hour, something like that. Right. Which is obviously really good compared to the rest of the content that I yeah. posted before. But I've, I was kind of like, oh, you know, based on the, the start that it had, I thought it would do a bit more. And then kind of in the evening, it, so it kind of started, started like this, right? Then it dipped down a little bit. And then in the evening, it kind of started to spike back up again. Right. And I remember... In terms of milestones, I remember the next day, which was about 12, sorry, about 24 hours later, it was on a almost half a mil views. I think it was on 400K views. And by this point, obviously, all my friends were freaking out because they were like, well, you've got a video that's got like half a million views in such a short amount of time. No, yeah. no one could really believe it. And then I think it got to a million the next day. So kind of doubled over the next 24 hours. And then by the day after that, it got to about, Three million. So, oh, this is cool. Like it's still going, and my follower count was going up massively. And it's, yeah. it, I think I got like <coughs> a, an extra thousand followers on the first day. Then it was like two thousand followers the day after. Mm. Then it, it just kept going exponentially. And it was the week after, so about seven days later, me and my girlfriend were going on holiday, and I remember we were going to the airport. I think I got to about hundred k followers by this point already in the space of a week, and the video mm. was like 60 million views by that point. Right. And I remember we were on the plane, obviously got to put your phone on airplane mode. We, t we took off, we were going to Croatia. So it was about a three hour flight, I think about three hours. Took off, the plane took off, landed in Croatia and turned my phone on. I got up 5k followers just over the flight time. It was crazy. I couldn't get my head around it. And then by about a week later, I was up to 200,000 followers. And yeah, then awesome. I think it stopped around 230,000. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of where the growth of that video stopped. So quite a disappointing video, really. Didn't really, uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't really do that much. <laughs> well, that's obviously changed everything. But the reason why I say the plan, the, the plan you had for it is because a lot of people think there's just like a plan for social media mm. and it works. Right. But, and I, I remember saying to you before, like, Oh, what was it? And I think you said actually it was oh, it's just just lucky or something, something along those lines. And it made me think, but it's not luck because it's just like consistency. Because if if that per if you did that one reel, and it went, but there was nothing else, then I think people would be like, oh, I, pr I probably won't give him a follow. Mm. It was a good reel. I yep. like it. You might have got all the interest from that reel, but as soon as they go, oh my god, who did that? then they see George Cooper and you go, right, click on that. You have an absolute list of all the stuff because that reel is not different to any of the stuff that you've done in the past and you just do it as a passion. Yeah. So it's earned, it's not luck. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with like consistency is key really when it comes to social media, no matter what you're doing. And it's when it's a passion as well. But now you've got 270K followers. So obviously you've gone up 40K since that because you carried on doing that and you've carried on doing stuff that 
it's just well it's just mad but like what's the difference now like because obviously now you work with you work with Columbia yeah. so you have like monthly stuff with them you've worked with DGI so obviously like you mentioned before you've worked with Fiat you've worked with all these amazing companies what's the difference now because before you were posting to 4000 people but now you do something and you're posting to 270,000 people it's a good question really I would like to sit here and say it hasn't changed, but... I, I can tell you it's changed. Yeah. I <laughs> because think... we take the mic out of you because of that tent. Because <laughs> my photo is... You're not, in, you're not including that photo. No, I'm vetoing that photo. <laughs> Do you give me permission? You're definitely going to use it. Oh, my God. <laughs> me, and, me and my girlfriend, Poppy, saw it, and we were like, by the way, George has never done anything like this before, and he came, and he's a picture of him coming out of this tent. And don't get me wrong, the picture looks amazing, but I was like, oh, my God. He's an influencer. So, yeah, so many people, that was their first reaction. They were like, he's doing that influencer thing now, isn't he? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so what's the difference now then? So from 4,000 to 270,000, what's the difference now in, in your posting schedule? So it at first, yeah, like, so I would like to say that it hasn't changed, but it's not really true. And what I mean by that is obviously it has an impact on your thought process and know more people are going to see it and mm -hmm. there's kind of at least i give myself this expectation that i need to make sure that the people who followed me don't want to unfollow me and they see the stuff that i'm posting that means that the next thing i post has to be good otherwise people might think oh why am i following this guy i'm going to unfollow him now mm -hmm. so there's that there's that side of it and that kind of affected me more at first where i was probably overthinking everything yeah. a little bit too much Whereas now I kind of do, I mean, obviously that's kind of a natural instinct, right? Of but now I try and just be a bit more natural with it. And If I think it's cool, then I'll post it. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the top and bottom of it. I mean, that's what I did with the reel. I was like, this is the, the one that went viral. This is a cool video. I'm going to post it. And then it went viral. I didn't plan for it to do that well. I didn't, I didn't like sit there with a mad mind map and be like, I include this element and put this in then that means it's going to be more viral than this mm. i just did it because i was like oh it's a cool video and it shows off some of my clips so yeah let's post it mm. and it obviously paid off so i try to not overthink it because i feel like by overthinking it it's actually not going to be beneficial for me mm. it's going to be too forced it's going to look a little bit kind of and people will tell yeah absolutely i mean just mm. naturally they'll know that i'm trying too hard and i just kind of know that I need to not try, which is a bit of a, you know, contradiction, but just stuff that feels more natural has always been the stuff that performs best for me, essentially. Let's go back to the video. Why do you think, what was it about that video that you think made it go, well, as mad as it did, <laughs> viral is the perfect word. I didn't want to use it because everyone says viral, but what made that video go nuts? <laughs> So, I mean, good question. I think probably it, it's such a tricky one because you sit and analyze it and you think about, oh, well, maybe people thought this and it, this, the algorithm did this and this. But if I tried to recreate it again with something else, it just wouldn't work the same way, obviously. Mm. It's kind of the perfect storm of combinations. So I don't think it's really kind of, I could recreate it in the same way. Yeah. But there is little things I've picked up from it that, I think contributed to it doing so well. So for example, it starts off with this little animation of the globe, right? 
that hooks people in and they have to wait through a certain amount of time to get to the footage. Mm-hmm. So they read the text on screen, the land where the sun never sets. It's got this cool animation of the earth, which always seems to do well. I don't know why people like animations <laughs> of the globe, but that stuff does well. Um, and it's kind Sucks of- Sucks you in straight away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's one thing you know about TikToks. You've got like, what is it? One, two seconds to grip, grip you? Basically. And if not, you can just scroll. Yeah. So that one grips you and you're like, and then you see your stuff and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's got that red circle as well, which is so cliche, isn't it? Uh, and I was debating putting that on. I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm going to chuck it on there. So it's got kind of like all the cliches at the start. But people who are watching the video, they've got to wait eight seconds before they get to what the video is about. Yeah. And I think the video is about 20 seconds long. So I kind of think what made it do so well was the fact that most people watched it all the way through. The the Instagram was weird with the stats. Didn't tell me straight away. I had to find out like months later. But it told me that the watch, t- the average watch time was like eighteen seconds out of twenty. So most people have kind of watched pretty much all the way through, which mm-hmm. is really impressive. So Instagram are going to see that and think, well, this is keeping people on our platform for longer because people are watching this video all the way yeah. through. So we'll push it to more people. So I think there was that. It also had obviously an element of shareability to it in the fact that. People who didn't know about it were sending it to their friends, putting it on the story, tagging people in the comments and obviously mm-hmm. liking it as well. So we had all the engagement from that at the same time. Yeah, And that, the, I think those two things kind of combined perfectly to just keep it growing. And mm-hmm. as it kept growing bigger, more people did the same thing, people watching it all the way through. So it kind of just kept pushing it up and up and up until it probably just reached as many people <laughs> as it could. And then Instagram was like, yeah, yeah. We're done with this now. (laughs) Everyone's seen it, so next. (laughs) Is there anything that you think like, right, I'm going to do this because they'd like it? Do you know what I mean? Is that different in any way? Do you have like something in the pipeline and you're like, right, I'm going to do this. And that's because you've got something like 10 million, 15 million and stuff on you. What do you mean in terms of views on other videos? In terms of views on other videos. I've got a couple of videos, a couple of videos with um, like two, three mil views and then another one about 40 mil. Yeah. That, that was the sequel of that first <laughs> one that I did. Um, but it, so I guess in terms of the process, not really because I, I guess I always used to, even when I had 500 followers, my brain was kind of always wide. Oh, I need to post things that people are going to like. Mm. And I would always kind of go between the two or oh, posting between what people are going to like and posting what I think is cool. Mm. Um, and I mean, kind of, it sounds a bit too obvious to be true, but people like the stuff that you like because that's what you're posting and that's mm. why they're following you, obviously. But you're still trying to think, well, maybe they'll like it if I did it this way instead. Yeah. So I've kind of always had that battle, essentially. It's Again, it's another natural one. So I, it doesn't it doesn't take over, though. I try and push it to I think that's mind. important yeah. for anyone thinking of doing something like that or you know, doing their own videos and that sort of thing is that it's not, don't try and follow someone else because you'll always be a couple of steps behind. Like people are following, obviously you are an influencer now as well, like I will say it. So people are following you because they like your stuff, like literally you just said. So people would probably not take to it as much if you're changing your style. But I think that's important as well to stick to your style because if you're doing it for a passion, then it won't feel like work. Like 
because obviously you're constantly doing something, aren't you? You're constantly somewhere and you're always traveling. And like even next week, you're going to Sweden for a marathon. You're not taking your drone there, but like you're always constantly doing something on side on the side of doing lad Bible as well. Like if you were doing something that you weren't passionate about, it would probably start to become a bit of a drag. What advice would you have for someone wanting to pursue their passion, whether it be, you know, it could be anything from, you know, starting a business. It could be doing a passion like drone photography or videography or video or music or anything. And what would be your piece of advice for someone who's starting that now that you've got that success as well? I guess it makes me sound like a bit of a dick, <laughs> but I wasn't doing it with this being the end goal in mind. Like I never would have envisioned that I was going to be working with brands like Columbia or DJI. And I didn't kind of do what I was doing on the chance that I would eventually get there. It's mm -hmm. kind of just the two things have come along separately in like perfect combination. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say if I was doing it for that, then I would have been doing it for the wrong reason because yeah. I would have been thinking, oh, how can I get money out of this? Which, you know, obviously you want to make money out of your passion. That's cool. But mm -hmm. if that's what's coming first before the actual process and enjoying it, then it's probably not really a passion. It's probably more something you just want to get revenue out of, which yeah. is fine if you want to do that, but it's, you can't call that passion. I was, I was doing it for seven, about eight years now since I kind of first picked up a camera and took it a bit more seriously and was doing it because I enjoyed it. And that's the main thing. If you're not enjoying it, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons from that perspective. <coughs> and that's what led me to the, down the path that I've been down. I've, I've not sat there and kind of forced myself to do homework and force myself to go out when I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I've done it because I want to. I've gone out with my camera, learned all these techniques, gone traveling, you know, I've spent loads of my own money to travel to cool places and take photos there because I enjoy doing it. I'm not doing it forcefully. Yeah. And that has obviously worked out in the end in the fact that now I'm able to make money from it and I'm able to work with cool brands. But that I would have never got to that stage if I wasn't doing it because I actually enjoyed it. So That's important though because I did a talk at a school around here and it sort of goes back to what you were saying then of some of the students were sort of like, I want to do this. One of the students wanted to um, be a photographer and he was like, well, I don't have uh, the kit or anything. I don't have good kit. No one starts off with good kit, mm. but it's working with that kit and enjoying that process. Like you said, then you spend money to go to these places because you enjoy it. Like, and I think if you focus on the like monetary gain of stuff and it's like, how do I make money? Then that, if that's what you're chasing, then you're not going to, nothing comes easy because if, if it came easy, then everyone would do it. Yeah. If, if starting a business was easy, everyone would have their own business. If going viral on, on Instagram through hard work, it will, or going viral on Instagram was easy, then everyone would do it, but it doesn't because it's hard work that goes yeah. into it. Like, again, I know we've sort of said it, but it was seven years of hard work that you put in and learning that skill and do, yeah. going and doing the traveling. Imagine, imagine doing that on your first trip. Imagine just going to Iceland and filming that and then it going nuts, going back to what we said before, but you've earned it. So it's not like, but everyone has to do the, 
pay their dues a little bit. Yeah. Like, and it's never easy starting something. No, you're right, though. You, you, if you don't, I, I just feel like if, you, if you're not doing it because, if you're not doing it because you enjoy it, then yeah. at the beginning, and then you can't call it passion. Mm. Obviously, that's just not what passion is. You've got to be doing it and spending loads of time on it. I mean, I guess the best way that I know that I'm passionate about photography and videography, more photography than videography, but the best, the way that I know I'm passionate about it is I'll sit down and I'll edit my photos from a recent trip and I'll look at the time and I'm like, shit, it's like midnight and I've just been editing photos for three hours. The time just goes like that because I'm not sat there going, oh my God, when can I finish doing this? It's boring. I just enjoy doing it and the time flies by. So yeah, I've got that passion for it and thankfully it's eventually paid off. But yeah, if it hadn't paid off, I wouldn't have given up doing photography. I'd still be going to cool places and taking photos there. It wouldn't have really changed my lifestyle in that way. Uh, hopefully it can, you know, I can keep growing an audience and gaining followers as well because the lifestyle changes that come with that, they're obviously sick. Like, I'm not going to lie, they are cool. Um, and to be able to do that full-time would be sick as well, but who knows. So, last question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Kind of walked into that one then, didn't I? You did, yeah. <laughs> If I could do that, if I could do this full time, well, good. I'm going to see the question. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Obviously, I guess, I guess I would want to do it full time. What I'm, you know, in, being an influencer, I guess is the best way of describing it. it. I have to put it in quotes, otherwise it makes me feel like a dick. But <laughs> it is realistically, isn't it? Um, yeah, I guess doing that full time would be really cool. But at the same time, I've like I've, I've thought about this before. The pressure of, you know, earning the revenue through social media. Well, for example, obviously you've got your own business mm -hmm. and you provide a service to someone and there's nothing that kind of gets in the way of that. It's, obviously I'm not going to say it's easy, but you can grow your business through meeting clients and doing more work for people. Mm -hmm. Whereas the difference for me in that sense is there's kind of a medium in between, which is Instagram or Facebook. And if one of them just kind of flips a switch one day and all of my videos and photos start getting no likes and they don't reach anyone, then my entire livelihood would just be out the window like that. Mm -hmm. Something that I don't even have control over. So it's quite a scary thing to throw yourself into, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a cool job as well that I do like working at. I've worked with loads of really cool people. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's the short answer. I don't know what I want to be doing in five years' time. Um, That's fine, though. Like, yeah. You don't need to know. It was more like, you know, with, like, my business, in five years' time, I want, like, a team of people. You know, I want, I want to, I don't want to be the biggest video production company, but I want to be a team of people creating, enjoying creating content for, brands and, and businesses and who is just a trusted source for for that sort of content yeah you know but that's more for me like that's just the goal like if it doesn't happen it's not the end of the world yeah. i never thought three years ago i never thought i'd be doing this but yeah we're in an office yeah and i didn't think i'd be able to do it so like if there was one let's say like who would you want to be working with? I mean, I know you've worked with some amazing clients already, but you're quite selective on the people who you work with. Because, I mean, obviously, 
not speaking on the podcast, but like when we've met up and stuff, you've mentioned companies who have got in touch and you've just said no. Mm. Like I don't want to. And it's happened on multiple occasions. Yeah. And it's it's quite uh it's quite honorable to do as well because it's you know, for some people it could be so easy just to see those numbers on a thing and we'll pay you X amount of money to yeah. do. It's it's quite honorable to just go, No, because it's not it's not my brand. Yeah. It's not one, it's not what I want to do. What makes you go no, I'm not doing that. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, there's definitely been a few brands that have reached out to me that I've rejected. And I think kind of the reason why is the fact that I have the luxury of being able to, well, the, the reason I have the luxury of being able to choose to turn down work is because I work full time. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not desperate for money. I have a full time job that pays me well. So I don't have to kind of, grasp at these jobs that come in just to make a bit of money so one of them that came in that i reject was quite early on about two months after i got all my followers Mm -hmm. was a phone company that i won't name uh but they said yep we've got this phone coming out we're happy to send it to you you need to do an unboxing video it needs to be this length it needs to be this many slides on your Instagram stories. You need to say this, this, and this. It was very regimented and scripted almost. They're just telling me what to say and what to do. It gave me a bad vibe. I was like, I don't really like that. I don't really like that you're sending me something and also sending this to probably tens of or thousands of other people yeah. and saying, you need to do this exact same process. Didn't really like that. Uh, so I kind of counter pitched them at first. I said, oh, you know, it'd be cool to work together, but what if I did it this way instead? This feels a bit more on brand for me because... They were saying how I, I would have to do a video showing off the phone. And I was like, well, what would yeah. make more sense for me would be me showing what I can do with the phone, not showing off the phone. Like, oh, yeah. Hi. Hey, guys, check out how cool this new phone is. But, oh, look at the video that I've got on this phone from this trip or look at the photos that I've taken mm. on this phone. You know, something that fits my brand a little bit more. And they just kind of said, no, it has to be this way. So I said no to them. Mm. I don't want to be pigeonholed into doing something doing that's something. not going to fit. Um, has there been anyone else? Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think any is interesting as that though. Well, that, that's interesting because obviously you are working with companies like DJI, mm. who are the biggest drone distributor in the world, probably, and you're working with Columbia, who are a massive brand, and you work with Fiat. But the, I think the thing is as well is I think you mentioned it. I think you mentioned it earlier today, actually. The way that you would work with a brand or work with a company is not like they tell you what to do because you have, it's your reach. It's not, they're going to work with you because of who you are. And it's same as your followers. Like your followers wouldn't follow you if they didn't like who you are. Um, And I think I've noticed that as well, is that you're more personable on your channel on your page basically so before your the picture is you but you don't really see a lot of you whereas you know obviously you've been training for a marathon that you're doing next week so you'll be like talking to camera and showing things on your trips and stuff and i I said i really like that side of it because it's people again even in business people buy from people yeah and if you're showing a personality to your followers people are going to more than likely want to carry on watching because they're interested and you do interesting things. So for a brand to come in and say, we love what you do, not 
can you do it this way? We want you to do a video. We want you to do this. We, uh, someone comes in and says, you know what? We, DJI comes in and, and you know, gives you a drone. Can you go and do your stuff up with our drone and work with us on it? Yeah, absolutely. That's what you're targeting into. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, DJI was a really good example because they gave me a brief and it was essentially do two reels showing off the new drone. And that was it. They didn't say you need to include this, this, and this, and that has to be a focus on this. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure the first five seconds are of the drone and that like it was no script there at all. And I obviously had to get the ideas approved, so I sent them back my ideas. Uh, and the guy that I was speaking to was like, yep, sounds good, cool, good, like crack on. Sent him the video for approval. He was like, yep, looks great, like post it. So there was no friction there. I kind of got to do it my way. And they're winning as well because they're reaching my audience and showing off a new product that they've got. Mm. Whereas, you know, if they're if a brand of being very regimented and saying you need to do it this way and include this and this and this, then I'll I'll do it. It's obviously not going to perform as well because I know my audience better than anyone else does, and mm. I know what videos are going to do well on my page. So by giving me the freedom, I can obviously make sure that it reaches as many people. Essentially, again, you did this because of a passion, like and you're creative at the end of the day. So for someone, that's why with like what we do when we make videos for people is we'll go and discuss, like obviously if we make a video for a company, it's a little bit different in the way that we would have to do it because we need to do it in their brand. Mm. Like it is their brand, they're paying for a video, but it's our style that we would do or we would use or we would, you know, a, a natural thing that we do is someone comes in and says, we want a two to three minute video what do you suggest? And we can say, you know, I'll suggest doing something and they ever, or they ever say, yeah, we really like that. Or we work together on what would work for their business and that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, you did this as a passion, you're a creative. So to have creative freedom and control of the stuff that you're doing, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what you want really, isn't it? And then as soon as it changes from, from that and, you've been told what to do. Maybe, maybe it's not what you wanted in in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And like I was saying before, I obviously have the luxury of working full time. I mean, that sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> some people would say, <laughs> but what I mean is the fact that I have a salary coming in, so mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about money, which means I can't be more selective, which is mm-hmm. obviously good. And I would, yeah, if I went down the path where I was kind of just grabbing anything that came my way, I think it would probably impact my page quite significantly. People would probably just think that I've sold out essentially, especially if I start selling like CBD gummies and something like that. People are like, when well, I'm trekking up, I, never yeah, I always use CBD gummies. <laughs> the most loose link possible. <laughs> People would be like, what? Why is this guy doing this all of a sudden? Oh, he's just trying to make more money. Yeah. So, you know, I won't go down that route. Oh, I say that. I might do in six months, and then you'll know everything's gone downhill. <laughs> we'll have you back on in six months, but everything's gone kaput. Like, it's gone terribly. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on anyway. Um, obviously, we're going to um, put a link in the description as well, but tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram, at G underscore Cooper, or Facebook, which is George Cooper, just my name. You'll find me on either of them. Don't use TikTok, just those two platforms. Well, Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, it. It's been a good chat. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome.